0: So, in the Spirit, or by the Spirit, what do you think about Christ? In the Spirit, or by the Spirit, what do you think about the Christ? Matthew chapter 22, verse 41. Now, while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them a question, saying, What do you think about the Christ? Whose son Is he? And they said to him, Everyone that was there, the son of David. And he said to them, How is it then that David in the Spirit calls him Lord, saying, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If then David calls him Lord, how is he his son? And no one was able to answer him a word. Nor from that day did anyone dare to ask Him any more questions. So we are rapidly approaching the cross. Jesus is now uh, within a few days or a few hours of His death on the cross. In Matthew chapter 22, we looked at the marriage of the king's son and the one that came into the marriage feast without the proper clothing. We looked at the question about Caesar, who are we to pay our taxes to. We looked at the Sadducees and their beliefs about the resurrection and their misunderstanding about heaven. We looked at the greatest commandment and the second commandment, love God and to love others. And a few weeks ago, back before Christmas, we began to look at the scripture in chapter 22, verses 41 through 46. And the question being, whose son is the Christ? And today we're kind of narrowing that in to this text. What do you think about the Christ? And today we're going to answer the four questions specifically. What do you think about Christ? Whose son is He? How is it then that David in the Spirit calls Him Lord? And then if David calls Him Lord... How is he also his son? Now, I don't want you to overthink this. I think, I think this week I've kind of thought, uh, I don't want to, I think we thought enough about this. I think this morning we need to think about the Christ and what you think about him. Because this is not really rocket scientist stuff, but it's not the easiest parable that he, that he, that he taught th- to understand. But here's what you've got to basically get in your mind. That God, that Jesus Christ is fully divine. He is fully God. And when he came to earth, he is and was fully man. Okay? Now, how can you reconcile that to yourself? Only by the Spirit. Because humanly speaking... That's not a possibility. But in the Spirit, and by God's divine decrees, that's a possibility. That His Son would be fully God, and in the flesh He'd be fully man. Now, it's one of those things that you've got to accept by faith. And as you go through time, you'll become more and more comfortable with it. But it's only by the Spirit. That's only by the Spirit that David realized that. Here's a father... Here's a grandfather, here's an ancestor that had to look upon his son as as not only my Lord, but also my son. And only by the Spirit did he discern all of that. So I want to quickly just go through uh, the exposition of the text. And you don't have these notes, so you can just think for a moment and think about what I'm saying. But I want us to think to the moment, to this question, what do you, What do you, whether a believer or non-believer, what do you think about Christ, about the Christ? What do you think about Him? So think about that. So you know the background of this, they have been questioning Jesus, right? All throughout the chapter, they're questioning Jesus. And all of a sudden, while they're all gathered there, all of His distractors, all of His Uh, People that have questioned him, he now has his time. And he asked this question. They were all gathered together saying, what do you think about the Christ? Now they've tested him. They've asked him about what do you do with the church in relation to the state? What about the future life? What's it going to look like in heaven? Will you be married in heaven? And he taught them, you don't understand the concept of heaven. They asked him about the commandments, and he told them the truth. Love God and love others. But now he's going to go a step further. He's going to get into the spiritual realm. These are spiritual matters that we're talking about. So he asked the question, what do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? And, and they all, quickly, all the Jewish people that had any teaching background whatsoever in Jewish tradition... And the scripture, they all knew the answer. So what do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? And they all came back with the same answer. The son of David. The son of David. They knew that. They knew that from Old Testament scripture. We began to look at that. We're going to finish that up this morning. They said to him, the son of David. But they could not get the concept that this son of David in the flesh, in other words, Christ was not the literal next generation son of David, but he would come from ancestors of David on down the line. That's the way it was going to be. So they couldn't get the concept that this would have any spiritual relationships whatsoever with the Messiah. The Messiah being a spiritual person who came to die for our sins to save the lost. So verse 43, he said to them, How is it then that David in the Spirit calls him Lord, saying? In verse 44, we'll get to it. So in the text we see Jesus affirming the divine inspiration of Scripture. How do any of us understand Scripture? If it's going to do us any good whatsoever, it's got to be by the Spirit or in the Spirit. That's why it's so important that we get in a... uh, Right relationship with the Lord when we sit down to read His Scripture, it's a, right, it's, it's, it's a reason that we need to pray because reading Scripture and understanding Scripture is not an intellectual thing. It's a spiritual thing. And when you get into the spiritual realm, only by the Spirit do we understand it. Look at verse 44. The Lord said to my Lord, so the Lord God said to my Lord, Jesus Christ. So David is claiming Jesus Christ as his Lord, as his Savior. We'll look at that. We've looked at it. We'll look at it again. How long? Until I put your enemies under your feet. So we see here, not only does David claim him being my Lord, or the Lord said to my Lord, but he gives this my Lord Kingship and eternal rule. How long will He rule? Until I put all enemies under your feet. Has that happened yet? Nope. Is it going to happen? Absolutely. When Christ returns as judge, when God sends His Son, Jesus Christ, to make things right, all of His enemies will be defeated. They've all been defeated. They're just still being allowed to operate. He defeated them when He lived a perfect life, died on the cross for our sins, and arose, but they're still active in this world. Verse 45 said that if David calls him Lord, how is he his son? So what Jesus Christ was doing, he was proving to them and in turn to us that Christ had to be more than just flesh and blood. He had to be the eternal, divine Son of God who would come in the flesh, do what we couldn't do, take our place, be our substitute, and die on the cross for our sins. That's what he's trying to show them. This is what they had no concept of. They didn't have any problems with a, son, uh, a coming grandson of Christ. They didn't have any problem with him being on the throne. They just were looking for an earthly king, not for an eternal spiritual king. It was all in their mind an earthly thing. What did I say at the beginning? The only way to understand spiritual things is by the Spirit. And no one was able to answer him a word. All of these brilliant men, very well versed in the Old Testament, what they had at that time. They could not answer him one word. Because they didn't have any spiritual Understanding, any spiritual discernment, as far as they could go without the Spirit, was intellectual matters. The religious leaders of Jesus this day recognize Psalms 110 and other Psalms as speaking of the Messiah. But, okay, so when we think about the Messiah, right? When we think about the Messiah, we're thinking about the Messiah that came to save us from our sins. Amen? Because that's what we know and that's what we've been taught. But when they thought about the Messiah, they were looking for another king who would finally subdue the Romans and all the rest of their enemies. So they kept missing him in the spiritual matter. Now, y'all get that? When we think the word Messiah, we think as our Savior, the one that came to pay the penalty on the cross for our sins. They did not have that concept. Let's don't be too hard on them. Christ hadn't died on the cross yet. He hadn't been in the tomb three days. He hadn't been resurrected. He hadn't stayed here 40 days. He hadn't ascended yet. But there was one, at least one in the Old Testament, David, that by the Spirit, saw the Messiah as becoming not an eternal king, but an eternal king Spiritually. You with me? Okay. I probably ought to quit there. That's probably as clear as I can give it to you. And the rest of it, I may just muddy the water. So you better be in the spirit, okay? All right. So Psalms 110 and other Psalms are speaking the Messiah. And when they claimed him as the Messiah, they didn't understand the ramifications of that. Because Messiah, even in the Old Testament, by those spirit, people who were spiritual, saw the Messiah as the Savior. There were, not all Jews missed Him, but most missed Him. And if we're looking for the wrong thing, we'll miss Him too. <clears throat> so I want today to wrap up the look at the humanity and the divinity of Christ. We began to look at the question, how then is Jesus the son of David and also his Lord? You remember a couple of weeks ago we looked about what, at the, what about at the beginning, right? Where was Christ in the beginning? He was there. How much in the beginning? Well, before the creation of the time, before the creation of anything, in the eternal councils. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He's been there from the beginning. He was there at creation. He was there in the garden. He was there at the flood. He was there at the confusion. Christ has always been present to us even in the Old Testament. Even before He came, He was with us. We saw in numerous texts in Genesis that Jesus made pre-incarnate appearances proving himself to be eternal. You with me? Okay, so not only do we know that he was eternal, now we figure out that, well, hey, he's eternal. That means that he was there and present in the Old Testament, even at the beginning. So we looked at several Old Testament texts, especially in Genesis, about pre-incarnate. Now, let me tell you what that means. Before he came as a babe in the womb and was born physically like us and grew up, before that, he existed with God in heaven and he made appearances on earth when God wanted him to. Okay. Now, I want to give you one we didn't look at last week. And I'm just going... You can, you can read it. You can read it sometime. But this is one of my favorites. You remember when Nebuchadnezzar, through... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace? You kind of remember that? Okay. And they heated up the furnace and got it so hot that the ones that threw them in there, when the guards went to throw them in, it burned them up. Remember that? And you remember Nebuchadnezzar turned around and said, did we not put three men in that furnace? And they said, yeah, three men. He said, now I see another, an appearance of a, a God. A man. Who was that? It was Jesus there in the fiery furnace with them. That's one of my favorites. It's another example. You remember when you looked at the New Testament, trying who the Son is, right? You remember we look, You've got it there. We looked at John. John one one says, "In the beginning was the Word." And where, everywhere we put "Word," you've got in your notes there, Son. In the beginning was the Son, and the Son was with God, and the Son was God. All things were made through the Son, and without the Son was not anything made that was made. And the Son became flesh and dwelt among us, and we've seen His glory. Glory is the only Son, the unique and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Do you understand that the Old Testament and also the New Testament speaks about the eternality and also the physicalness of the Son of God. So let me ask you this morning, are you convinced that Jesus is the Son of, the, and the Son of God is both fully God and fully man? I pray you are. And if you need some help, the Spirit can help you. Amen? So we looked at Old Testament prophecy of David always having an ancestor on the throne. See, that's what confused them. They knew about the prophecy of David having an answer on the throne. We looked at a bunch of scripture. We didn't look at Jeremiah thirty three seventeen. 17. You have that in your notes. For thus saith the Lord, the prophet Jeremiah, David shall never lack a man to sit on the throne of the house of Israel. So we know that wasn't in the earthly line of kings because the earthly line of kings do what? Still today, kings come presidents come and go so this had to be one that would be eternal to be always on the throne a few weeks ago we saw that one of david's ancestors would be on that eternal throne we saw it in genesis we saw it in second samuel and this morning we're going to wrap it up by looking at one other old testament text turn in your bibles to psalm 110 that means open your bible or open your tablet or open your phone and go to Psalms 110. If you want to know what uh, uh, what Pablo thinks about uh, your using a, a tablet and, and the Internet, if you want to know what he thinks about it, ask him sometime. I'm just saying, just ask him sometime about about what may happen as we progress through this persecution with uh, accessing things on the internet, okay? In other words, Pablo would probably tell you, don't get rid of your literal Bible. You may need it. You may have to hide it to keep it. So I'm not sure we ought to be voluntarily giving it up right now, okay? I'm just, ask Pablo. (laughs) Psalms 110. Are you with me? The Lord says to my Lord, Sit at my right hand. Now who's speaking? David. Until I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord sends forth from Zion your mighty scepter. Rule in the midst of your enemies. Your people will offer themselves freely on the day of your power. In holy garments from the womb of the morning, the dew of your youth will be yours. These verses establish the reign of Jesus Christ as eternal. Eternal. Verse 4, establish him as not only as an eternal king, but a priest that lives forever. I love this part in our gospel presentation. Do you, there's two thing, two problems with a man being high priest. Think about those. Two problems with a man being high priest. Give me the first one. He is a. He, he's a man and he's a... Sinner, all right, if he's a man, not only is he a sinner, but one other thing he's going to have to do, he die. So you've got two problems with a man being high priest. He's going to sin and he's going to die, so you're going to have to replace him. You don't have to worry about replacing your high priest now. Jesus Christ is our high priest. He will be our high priest forever. Amen. Verse 4, the Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. The next three verses establish him to sit on the throne as judge. So priest, king, and his judge. The Lord is at your right hand. He will shatter kings on the day of his wrath. He will execute judgment among the nations, filling them with corpses. His, he will shatter chiefs over the whole wide earth. He will drink from the brook by the way. Therefore, he will lift up his head. This cannot be in reference to anybody except Jesus Christ. No other man can fill this order. Jesus Christ and Christ alone. But without the illumination of the Spirit, and without the illumination of the Spirit, these religious leaders missed it. Right now, be a good prayer for all of us. Just stop the thinking for a second. Stop the turning the pages and just, Lord, illuminate us by the Spirit to see Christ as He truly is and the way we need to see Him. By Your Spirit, Lord, help us in the name of Jesus. Y'all, really, you need to pray for me every week. And one way that you need to pray for me, that is the preaching will be anointed and will go forth by the Spirit with power. Because I can do all the preparation. If I don't pray for that, if you don't pray for that, it's probably not going to have any effect, amen? Now, I want us to look at two New Testament texts that refer to David having always having someone on the throne. We're going to look at what Peter said about this. We're going to look at what Paul said about this, and then we'll wrap it up. So turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. What we've been looking at have been, except for the John scripture, have been Old Testament texts. Now we're looking at what the New Testament preachers said about Christ, amen, being the Son of David and also the Eternal King and Messiah. Acts chapter 2, verse 27. Peter speaking, one of his one of the greatest sermons ever. Yeah, one of the greatest sermons ever preached. Acts 2, 27. For you will not abandon my soul to Hades, or let your holy one see corruption. Now this is almost a direct quote, as you'll see from Psalm 1610. Psalm 1610 says, You will. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol, or let your Holy One see corruption. Who are they speaking of? It wasn't David. So it had to be David's son. It had to be Jesus Christ. Amen? All right, look at, look at the explanation from this sermon. Look at what he says. You have made known to me. Well, wow. who, who makes known anything to us? to do with spiritual things who is it only God alone matter of fact you have no understanding you have no wisdom you we have received nothing except we received it from who well in spiritual things especially our understanding comes from him you have made known to me the paths of life you will make me full of gladness with your presence verse 29 brothers I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David what about David that he both died and was buried. Listen to this. And his tomb, and his tomb is with us to when? This day we know where his tomb is. Being therefore a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants on his throne, that's what the prophecy said, he for Saul, Christ, David, foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. How was this made known before it happened? By the different prophets of the Old Testament. Where did they get that understanding? By the Spirit from God. What do we have to do with it? accept it, believe it, just as they had to. And like I said, we have much more to work with than they had to work with. Verse 31 again, he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption, Verse 32, this Jesus, y'all ready for this? God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses. Have we had witnesses of the life of Christ? Have we had witnesses of His death? Have we had witnesses of his burial? Did they secure the tomb? Do we have witnesses of his resurrection? Did he not stay here 40 days among the people? Was he not seen by 500 at one time? Has he not ascended to the heaven? And has not Stephen looked into the heavens and seen him at the right hand of God? Do we not have witnesses? Verse 33... Being therefore exalted where? Where is Christ? Do you want to know where he's at? He's at the right hand of God. And having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that, you, listen, that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. If you are understanding this, if you've comprehended this, it's because when God got to heaven, or when Jesus got to heaven, what did he send back to us? The Holy Spirit of God. Verse 34, for David did not ascend into the heavens. (laughs) But, But he knew who did, didn't he? Listen to his words. But he himself says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand, until I make your enemies your footstool, Peter finishes with this, Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made Him Christ, both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now listen, you Jews. I want you to know, without a doubt, that this Jesus that you crucified, that you buried, has now been raised and has ascended to heaven. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that the Lord that God has made him Lord and Christ, King and Savior. All right, let's see what Paul says about it. Go to Romans chapter one, one book to your right. Romans chapter one. Romans chapter 1 verse 1, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for one reason, for what? For the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scripture. Did the people in the Old Testament see Christ? Absolutely, absolutely. How did they see it? Through the prophecy of the Old Testament prophecies. Through His prophecies in Holy Scriptures, what were these prophecies concerning? Look at that next statement. Concerning His Son. Not the Son of David, but God's Son. That's what these prophecies were discerning. Who was descended from David. Now get this. He came in His physical being, From the line of David. He was an ancestor in the physical being from the line of David. But look at verse 4. And was declared, predestined, decreed, established, certified to be the Son of God in power. Now get ready. How do we know it was in power? Amen. How do we know that He's all-powerful? To be the Son of God in, uh, uh, in power according to the Spirit of holiness, by the Spirit, David in the Spirit discerned this. Look, in power according to the Spirit of, of, of holiness. How was he declared this? Look at it. By his resurrection from the dead. His resurrection from the dead confirmed everything that had been said in the past About Jesus Christ. So, His resurrection from the dead. You know what it did? It confirmed who He is. It validated who He is. It put a seal on who Christ is. Listen, His resurrection from the dead, His ascension into heaven, His enthronement, is proof or it's the seal that tells us that everything was said about the coming Messiah is true. The last part of verse 4, Jesus Christ our who? Look at look at chapter chapter 6 verse 4. The last part, by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our lord. through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of His name among all the nations, including you who are called to belong to Christ. Now, Galatians 4, 4 and 5 says, So what happened here? So, so uh, what brought all of this about? What brought all of this to a head, right? How did it all, how did it all come into being? All right, how did this come into being? How did did it come off? Look at Galatians 4 4 and 5. But when the fullness of time had come, when God was ready, amen, when God was ready, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law. That's the Jews so that we might receive adoption as sons. It was planned. It all came to the perfect timing, and God brought it about with the sending of His Son into the world. We celebrated that on Christmas Day. Amen? So let's get this thought. If one could be dead and resurrected, now look, did He raise Lazarus from the dead? Amen, he did. Did Enoch and Elijah not die the day of sin to heaven? But there's only one that has been resurrected in the body from the dead and that is still in the body alive today. That's Christ Jesus. Now, our bodies and the bodies of the saints will be put into the ground, Right? And we'll be resurrected and we'll have a new spiritual body and we'll be with him forever in, in paradise but so far the only one still alive, alive that's been resurrecting the dead Jesus Christ. amen so don't get too deep here. if the one could be dead and if the one could be dead and resurrected, He could also, by the Spirit, be conceived by the Holy Spirit in the virgin's womb. See how it all works together? I mean, which is more powerful? To be resurrected from the dead, to live forever? Or for a virgin who has never been been with a man, to conceive by the Holy Spirit? But see how all that works together? It's the one and the same what? God that's bringing this about. So here's the summary. Are you fully convinced that Christ is fully and eternally God and God come in the flesh? So for the questions, what do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? How is it then that David in the Spirit calls him Lord? And then if David calls him Lord, how is he his son? We're not going to spend a whole lot of time on any of these, but we'll get right to the last one. But we'll get to the last one after we look at the first Third one in importance, and then we'll look at the really important one, which is the first one. So, the one that's important because Christ answered it, but not the one that we want to talk about today is, "Whose son is he?" And you have your notes there. What did they all tell him? All everybody present. These are most for the most part non-spiritual people. His apostles were there and some other followers. But what was the answer? The son of David. They all had that. Because that's what they believed and had been taught in their tradition, right? So, the son of David. Is that proven by the text that we've looked at? Absolutely it has. Is it been accepted by all the Old Testament religious authorities of the day? Yes, he was the son of David. But the answer is also this. Who is who is Whose son is he? The question, the, What they didn't say is, He's the Son of God. Is He not that also? Is, is He not, to me and you, just as much the Son of God, if not more so, than He is the Son of David? But you've got to realize the time we're living in. They were looking for an earthly king, the Son of David. We're looking for a spiritual king, the Son of God. Look at the Scripture. John three sixteen. So for God so loved the world that he gave who? His only son. Right there. Je- is Jesus the Son of God? Absolutely. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Look at Matthew three seventeen. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved son. Now somebody could ask you, whose son is he? Well, you can give him. You can give him David, the son of David. But what's going to come first in our mind? The son of God. The son of God and the son of David. The second question: How is it that then that David in the spirit calls him Lord? As the son of God, he was eternal, and therefore before David. Amen. In in Him being eternal, He was there at the beginning. He came before David. As the son of David, He came after David from His ancestors. Don't think too deeply now. As God, He was before David. As a physical child, He was after David and from David's line. You with me? Okay. Okay. And by the Spirit, David realized that he was what? Lord and Savior. He, he says in the Scripture, he answered him, he said, <clears throat> well, we, we, looked at, we looked at it in Psalms, but look at verse 44. David said, the Lord said to what? My Lord. So that's the way that David saw him. Now, 1 Corinthians, you've got the Scripture, or do you? Turn in, your, turn in your Bibles First 1 Corinthians 2. I thought this was really good about how David realized this. How is it then that David in the Spirit calls Him Lord? So what's the key to the statement here? Look at the words right in the center. In the what? In the Spirit calls Him Lord. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 12. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, Nor the heart of man imagine what God has prepared for those who love Him. Look at verse 10. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one... Listen... No one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. So only by the Spirit can we discern spiritual things. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God that we might understand the things freely given by God. So do we need the Holy Spirit of God that He sent? Amen. If David calls him Lord, how is he his son? Well, he was physically his son because he came from David's ancestors. He was come in the flesh as that son, but supernaturally in the fact that he was conceived by the Holy Spirit. So the lineage really, it did come from Joseph, but specifically it came from Mary. You with me? So that's how he is his son. So let's finish it up with the important question. It's for every one of us. You know, this is one of those questions, this is one of these parables that we cannot read without asking ourselves personally. Now look, you can, you can, you can put, put it out of your mind right now. You can, you can go home and not think about it again. But let me beg you as your pastor. Let me beg you to go home and seriously, not with my answers. <clears throat> you know, sometimes it's really important that you're able to put things into words. And if you keep putting them into words, right, it, it sinks sometime deep within us. So I, I'm, I'm talking about somebody ask you, What do you think about Christ? Who is he? Listen. That ought to turn you loose on a tirade. Really? That's one of those things you say, Wow, God, I can't believe he asked me that question. And when you have to stop like Vincent and catch your breath, then stop and catch your breath. Is that not an important question? And if some lost person asks ask us that question, shouldn't we be ready for him? I mean, like a and duck on the pond. And so you've repeated it in your mind, and you've told God over and over again who you think His Son is. You're ready. But listen now. Oh, I'm going to tell you something you don't like. This is not just going to happen by you thinking, I'd like to do that. You're going to have to put some things in your mind. You're going to have to memorize some stuff. Well, first of all, you've got to know God. Secondly, you've got to know His Son. And only, I think that Scripture says in Romans, that you call Him Father Abba by the Holy Spirit of God. But once the Holy Spirit of God is revealed to you who His Son is, then it's okay to start putting it in writing and put it in your mind. I mean, look, don't say, where's my notes? Let me get my little three-by-five card out here. Let me tell you what I think about the Christ. Get ready. I I feel very confident to tell you that. Somebody in the next few weeks, just when you've had time to prepare for this, you're going to get the opportunity and Brother Bob can tell you, and I can tell you, and many more can tell you. If you're not ready for that opportunity, somewhere down the road, you'll be sorry. Get ready! I mean, he, he hadn't put us on this scripture for three weeks not to do something with it. You know, don't leave here and talk about what the preacher said. Leave here and think about what am I going to do with it. One question I'm giving you. Get ready to tell somebody that asks you, what do you say about Christ? Here's mine. He is the eternal Son of God. If you wanted to go to the seven seas of history, I can give you that. And hey, the more you want to smoke them with, put it in there. He is an ancestor of David for you Jews. He is God come in the flesh. He is the Christ. As Peter would say, the Son of the living God. Then you need to begin to get personal. Somebody say amen. He was my substitute. He paid my penalty. He took my place. He is at the right hand of God. He is my mediator. He is my Christ, my Savior, my Lord, the soon coming King and Judge of the world. May God help us all to believe that and embrace that and share that with the lost when given the opportunity.